Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 225 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. And this episode is part of our Breakaway Advisor series, and we are covering InvestNet Tamarack. Now, Investment Tamarack is one of the most popular tools uh, for advisors in the industry. Uh, they have a wide range of, of uh, features and functionality, basically end-to-end for uh, any RIA uh, or advisor, um, from CRM through to portfolio management, portfolio reporting, uh, performance reporting, trading rebalancing, client portal, basically everything you'll need to run uh, your RIA. Now, according to a couple of surveys, they are ranked either one, two, or three, and uh, depending on which survey you look at, in the Keats's 2023 tech survey, investment Tamarack in portfolio management has a 12% market share. Now, for just performance reporting, Keats's has them at 34% of RIAs with 10 plus advisors using Tamarack. And for the Tamarack CRM uh, of RIAs with 10 plus advisors, they hold 10% market share, which is quite impressive. Now, on the uh, another survey from T3, their Inside Information Software Survey, which just came out at the T3 conference last month, uh, compiled by Joel Bruckenstein and Bob Virez, Tamarack CRM has a 6% overall market share, but almost 12% of RIAs with $8 million in revenue and above. So they break things out a little differently. Uh, the Keats' survey bases on number of advisors. T3 survey ba- uh, breaks it up based on revenue. In terms of portfolio management, T3 has Tamarack at 12% of the overall market, but 22% of RIAs with 8 million plus in revenue. And finally, trading rebalancing, uh, they are ranked number one in the T3 survey with almost 11% market share. So bringing Tamarack in is a great idea. And to talk about uh, the product, technology, the platform, we have a number of people versus Philip Rogerson, who is head of the RIA channel. And he brought a few members of his team, which they will introduce themselves when we get the episode started. Now, Phil has been at Investnet for almost five years. And before that, he spent his entire career at Russell Investments, uh, eventually uh, moving his way up to running their entire US uh, advisor-oriented business. So he's got a lot of good uh, experience in the industry. Uh, we had a really great conversation. We spoke about Again, the, the breadth and depth of Tamarack's market share, talked about their rebalancing, how they rebuilt some of those workflows, uh, improved. Um, we're big on rebalancing here at Ezra Group. We do a lot of competitive analysis when it comes to portfolio management. So we dive deep into rebalancing. So love to talk about that. Uh, we also talk about integrations and how they've expanded the integrations to Tamarack, which were already pretty decent. And also their internal integrations not only external, but internal integrations with uh, the InvestNet core platform uh, around UMA, which we always, we're, we're pushing pretty hard for that for a number of our clients. Uh, so you'll get, we'll get into all that in just a few minutes. Let's talk about tech stacks. Now, at Ezra Group, we've seen tech stacks of hundreds of RIAs. And let me tell you, most of them are loaded down with tech debt. So you shouldn't feel too bad about yours, but let's face it, tech debt is like a giant anchor holding back your business growth. If you want to free your firm for exponential growth, you should run, not walk, to our website, ezragroup.com, and fill out the Contact Us form. Our experienced team can evaluate your current tech ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP and help you implement new software to take your firm to the next level. 
You can take advantage of our free consultation offer by going to ezragroup.com. Housekeeping items that we always do before the interview. Uh, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Check out investinothers.org. That's the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. They do a lot of good work in our industry, raising money to donate to charities that are uh, either run by or helped by financial advisors. I'm happy to intro our two guests for this podcast. We have Philip Rogerson, head of RIA Channel for Investnet, and cool. Brian Daly, sales engineer, RIA Channel for Investnet. Hey guys, welcome. Hello. Hey, good morning. All right, so uh, Phil, you say hello first. Hello, it's really good to be on the podcast. Thanks very much, Craig. That's Phil's voice. And for those listening, here's Brian. Hey, this is Brian Daly. Thank you. All right. For, so I, for, I, I should introduce one at a time, but I do multiple people, so we know who's who. Awesome, guys. Uh, really happy to have you here. This is uh, This podcast is part of our new series on Breakaway Advisor Tech, where we are bringing on vendors such as Investnet uh, and, uh, and Tamarack, uh, to talk about your technology and how it uh, can help break away advisors build out their businesses, enhance their sales, their growth. Uh, and of course, this is all about the technology around here. So uh, enhance and improve their tech stacks. So let us dive in. Uh, Phil, you want to start off maybe talking about some of the trends in the breakaway space and how InvestNet sees it? Yeah, absolutely, Craig. Thanks. Um, you know, I think this is one of the most exciting times uh, in my you know multi-decade career to be working in the independent channel. Um, if there's been a contest for you know the winning business model, I think the jury's in, and and the RIA channel has really kind of won. Um, I think everyone's well aware of you know just the fact that the channel is growing faster than any other channel, um, more than doubled in assets in the last ten years, more than doubled in headcount, but. By a number of survey estimates, uh, most notably Cerulli recently did a survey of IBD and Wirehouse uh, advisors, 35% of those advisors said that they had considered uh, going independent within the, last, within the last 12 months. So the idea of preparing uh, a path for advisors to make that move from uh, large financial services entities to the independent model, whether that's as a part of uh, a uh, an existing practice that they're going to take an ownership stake in, that they're going to be an employee in, or whether they're going to start their own uh, brand new firm, uh, cr creating a methodology for them to do that in a, in a in an efficient way and set up a new business is increasingly important in the industry. It's I think I think the other it's incredibly the important. Other point, huge hugely important. I, I think the other point I would make with that is you know most of the time people think of technology as a sort of an afterthought to how, how they, uh, to what they're gonna do once they've made the decision to go independent. But I'd also offer the view that technology in many ways is a catalyst for this. Uh, you know, our firm InvestNet was founded on the principle that we could uh, enable sm smaller independent advisory firms to compete with the largest, most well-capitalized financial services entities in the world. I think that that premise is more important today than, any, than it was even 20 years ago. When today, I, I guess I would just say that technology has come far enough along that it, more and more advisors are seeing technology as an enabler that will allow them to do that. And in, that's playing an, in, in some part a role in encouraging advisors to make that move. Do you see uh, more breakaways that are launching on Tamarack, launching their own firms or joining existing firms? 
we see we see a little bit of both, and I'll give you some some uh, uh, very specific statistics here. Uh, you know, according to uh, data over the course of the last two years from Cerulli, um, about forty three percent of breakaway advisors have joined an existing practice. You know, we've seen pretty significant activity through aggregators. Fifty seven percent have uh, gone on to start their own firms. So the the numbers are, um, are are not skewed dramatically, but there is a slightly larger percent that have gone independent. And I would say that our experience has roughly reflected that. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, here at Ezra Group, we work with a lot of RIAs, and we're also seeing both, that we're seeing our existing existing clients are, are bringing in breakaways and in, enhancing, enticing them with packages and technology and, and other ways to grow their business, as well as firms launching and starting their own. Uh, but talking specific technology, the, the core of the, the investments RIA um, capabilities are still around the Tamarack platform, which is uh, has the, the largest market share, if I'm not mistaken, for over 40% of billion and up RIAs use Tamarack. That's correct. Right. So if I quoted that properly, can we talk about some of the technology um, and, and capabilities you've been adding recently that you, th you feel would be uh, interesting to uh, breakaway advisors? For sure, and I'm going to yeah, I'm going to transition this pretty quickly over to Brian. But as a you know kind of a headline into that question, you know just to to add a little detail to some of, of the content you put out there, we have about 1,500 uh, RIA relationships today through our Tamarack toolset, and we have about another 1,200 RIA relationships through our Investnet toolset, which we're going to talk about in a second. We've uh, done an enormous amount of work to integrate those two tool sets over the course of the last little bit. But in general, we do have about a 40% market share of advisors that are over a billion dollars in assets. So our client base tends to skew a little bit to the larger side. And we've seen a lot of different, um, we've seen a lot of different use cases over the course of the last few years. Um, I'll let Brian talk a little bit more about some of the specific uh, technology uh, work that we've done in, in regard to those integrations. Yeah. So here at Investnet, we offer to the to the RA um, the basically an advisor an entire dashboard um, or operating system for you. So we offer offer reporting, trading, CRM, and if you want money guide planning as well. Um, those those tool sets have existed for for um, you know, over what 13 years, 14 years at this point. Um, they've been rebuilt from the ground up. A couple of them. Uh, recently, so specifically in the trading space, um, our trading tool sets for an advisor who's managing their own models, trading their own accounts, our tool set for um, Tamarack Trading is really best in class. Uh, and some things we've done recently there, we've rebuilt the tool, um, the, the main trading screens, if you will, from the ground up over the last three, four years, um, improved the workflow, minimized clicks, um, made screens faster. Um, quicker to respond, easier to read, better data points, and as well as integrated um, some of the some other fields from our reporting tool set. Um, so that's a major um, upgrade we've made recently. The other one, um, we'll talk more about this, but we've integrated uh, the access to separately managed accounts, model portfolios from Investnet directly in our trading tool set. Uh, and then we also have direct connectivity to the main custodian um, platform. So Schwab, Fidelity, Pershing out there in the RA space where you can either send your trades in via API, or if you need to trade via fixed, you have more sophisticated trading needs, you can trade via fixed as well. So 
Um, so making that as seamless a process so you can scale your trade workflows using our trading platform. So if I could paraphrase, what we've done is eliminate the need for exporting a trade file, then importing it into the custodian uh, website like we yes. used to do in the past. Now we've got direct yeah, we, connectivity. Exactly. And then also, you know, and most importantly, in those earlier steps before you're actually making the trades made it easier to monitor for cash needs. So do, do you have enough cash or short cash in the account, whether that's sweet cash or position traded cash? Um, is your model on target? Do you need to make a wide scale change across many accounts who are assigned portions of a model? All those, you know, those pre-trade workflows we've improved. Uh, we've continuously improved since we built the tool over 20 years ago. I want to go back to the custodian. So we've got clients, um, a lot of our REA clients are, are larger and they have multiple custodians. So I have to tell you that export yep. of the files and, and, and upload the files was a real pain when you've got multiple custodians that have to manage all that. So being able to send trades via API and fix and, mon and, manage, and manage it one click to the Schwab blotter is a tremendous time saver. Exactly. I mean, almost, almost none of our clients use one custodian only. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact number, but it's in the 90s. Use more than one custodian. Mm -hmm. so. Indeed. And something you mentioned, I, I apologize if I, was, if I missed some of your clients. So 1,500 RIAs on Tamarack, but another 1,200 RIAs on the InvestNet, UMP, InvestNet uh, Enterprise platform. Yep. Yep. And they're using either the platform holistically, so they're doing their billing and reporting, as well as trading, or they're using that just to access managed accounts because we have the largest managed account marketplace available to our independents um, or some combination therein. As a, you know, as just a shorthand for understanding those, those two tool sets, um, as Brian was saying, we've done an awful lot of work to integrate those two environments over the course of the last three years. And in general, what that allows us to do um, is to really kind of meet the advisor where they're at. So as Brian said, Tamarack tends to be kind of the core reporting platform for us, given that it's the most robust reporting platform that we have. The Tamarack trading tool ends up being the primary tool for advisors who want to administer their own trading. But as they, as they wish, they can use outsourced trading capabilities through InvestNet in particular to access managed accounts. And the distinction between what, what's Tamarack and what's InvestNet as a tool set is really blurred these days. It doesn't matter. Um, so we tend to feel like we've got a pretty good solution to meet advisors with the trading capabilities and reporting capabilities that they want. And that's really one of the goals of, I think, even acquiring Tamarack at some point was to integrate all of your capabilities and make it such that it doesn't matter. You can bounce back and forth between platforms. Admittedly, it took us a while, but we're finally there where those distinctions just don't matter. That's impressive. Are there anything uh, in terms of the rebalancer? What's coming this year? Can you can you give us a taste of what what we're yeah. going to? Yeah, the one we're we're most excited about is um, we're going to introduce a, basically a, it, we'll call it a manual trade blotter. It's designed to support some of the individual bond trading that some firms are doing, especially as bonds have become much more popular these days. Um, but it will support carving off any manual trades or, or assets that don't trade as liquid as ETFs and funds and stocks, um, allowing you to you know, block those orders, 
go find the bond that you want, or if a bond falls in your lap, uh, be able to allocate that appropriately to client accounts. Um, but we can also see, we'll, we'll see firms use it for interval funds, which trade less liquid, of course, uh, or um, alternatives like hedge funds and private equity, if you're trying to allocate to those in, in the trade workflow, be able to um, you know, save those trades, block them as necessary, uh, and then um, and then fill them back into the accounts using the trade workflow. So just really improving that that um, nano trade workflow, if you will, for those assets that don't trade as liquid as others. How does it work with hedge funds and PE? How, are you getting data from somewhere? Is it just manually entered? Um, we do have data feeds from from the likes of Case and I Capital, two of the bigger marketplaces of alternatives. Um, also. Many, we find many of our clients just have access to stuff that, that there's no data feed for, so they're plugging it in. So, so there's the use of dummy tickers or um, placeholder tickers to, to allocate to, and then as they make the purchases, you know, maybe they transact on a case or an I capital um, to invest in the fund, then we'll get the data feed back from there uh, and be able to match that up to the trade. So, so it kind of depends on where you're transacting or how you're transacting those types of assets, which is obviously the, the still very fragmented part of the, the of our business, but um, but connectivity where possible. Well, it's fragmented in a lot of places. I mean, when you're talking about yeah. these types of, of assets, these liquid assets, it, it is difficult uh, to bring all that data in. But I think it's that this kind of capability will be great for breakaways that maybe come from a wirehouse and have some alternatives or other types of assets and have higher net worth clients. Uh, as do most yep. uh, Tamarack um, RIAs in general, uh, tend to skew more higher net worth. So they might have access to Kate or iCapital or other, uh, other liquidity sources or other, other, other alternative investment uh, marketplaces. So it's great that you guys are bringing yep. that data into the platform. Can we move on to the client portal? So a lot of, uh, you want, uh, Tamarack is one of the most popular client portals as well as of course the investment portal. Uh, can you talk about on the, on the Tamarack side, at least, about the client portal? What's new? How would why would it be helpful for breakaway advisors building their business? Um, I'll I'll let Brian get into some of the details here, but maybe the first point to make is we've just gone up, uh, through a complete rewrite of the of the portal, and um, today we're using the same portal for both the Tamarack toolset and for the Investnet toolset. So it's one single unified platform portal across the entire platform. Um, that we've been implementing for clients uh, for the last six months. So it's been in production for the last six months or so. Um, and I'll let Brian get into some of the more uh, specific details around what we've done in the portal. Yeah, so this, this new portal, the, the design um, where we're at today um, is, is one thing and where we're going is the next. But where we're at today is we combine the performance reporting data, so what has happened in the client accounts from an investment standpoint, so asset allocation, performance, transactions, um, and the like, uh, bringing um, planning data, so putting the performance of what has happened next to what is the plan going forward, so bringing money guide information in, so what is the probability of success, what does the plan look like, what are the costs in the plan, and then the third component is more of that short-term short spending side of it. So um be able to link credit credit cards and checking accounts and be able to see what does my spending look like um a la like a mint or some of those other ad, personal capital some of those other aggregators out there but it's under your roof with your logo in the top so your client thinks about you as they're thinking about 
not just their long-term investments, but also their short-term spending in different ways you might be able to help them there. Um, so those are the three things we've got in this, in this new portal is planning, investments, investment performance, and, and then the short-term spending idea where you can do budgeting. You can also see some peers, peer group spending. So how are you spending in certain categories against um, a you know, peer group that you can kind of model yourself um, around? So those, like are, those are, um, yeah, those are part of the, 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 the portal. Um, the portal's delivered in a, a website, of course. Um, Wait, Brian, can I stop you know, for you're, a second? You, yeah. I want to make a comment. Yeah. So I think the PFM capabilities are, are super interesting to me. Uh, as a former Mint user who's now left without because Mint shut down, yeah. I think um, have, if my advisor were to be able to offer these capabilities, would be very interesting to me because I, I would be, be spending way more time on my advisor's portal than I ever have in the past. And that's always been something that's bothered me that advisors really don't want their clients on the portal very much because when they're on, when they're logging in, they think something's wrong. Why are you on my portal so much? Yeah. On? Whereas it's because you don't really have anything else besides your, your holdings. If you had other stuff for them, like PFM, like credit cards, like peer group spending, like you mentioned, which could give me more interaction, more capabilities to to learn more, to work my finances, and still see that hey, this is on my advisor's website. It makes my relationship stickier. Yeah, and and the reason we we did that too is we see that the advisor is not just picking stocks or models or funds anymore. They're having to work both sides of the balance sheet for their clients. So they see that they're overspent somewhere and they need a credit line or. They're underinsured through the planning process. You know, an advisor needs to be able to have that conversation, um, and the tech is what's enabling that. It certainly is. So, continue. You were going. You were moving on to another part. Yeah. So, so the way it's delivered is is a, is a website, of course, that you can link to from your website as an advisor. Um, so the client can log in from your website. Uh, it's also delivered via an app. Of course, we all spend time on our phones. Um, more than we should, uh, but uh, Apple and Android app that has the firm's logo or the advisor's logo in the app store. Um, so we've delivered that. It's Apple, Android, phones and tablets, and um, delivers the same experience that they would see when they log in on the on the web in an app form. So they can on the go, you know, they're, they're, your client's traveling, they can look up and, and see all the same data points, the plan and the investments and the personal spending. Um, there's also um, some capability to click on the, the phone number, for example, and call their advisor if you want. If you as an advisor want to do that, uh, you can offer that kind of capability as well through that app. And this is and this app has been updated, right? It's been rebuilt and yes, we've had an app for many years, but um, haven't re hadn't really done much to it. But as we rebuilt this this new portal experience, we've also released a new app that. Um, you know, just feels much more modern in the look and feel, but also it inherits um, those features. And then, you know, because we've rebuilt this app as an API first experience that um, is InvestNet wide, so whether you're using InvestNet or MoneyGuide or Tamarack, you can use an app, uh, a portal experience. We'll be able to add new features. Like one of the ones we're looking to do in 2024 is like a Calendly integration or Calendly-like integration. So client can click and schedule on you on your calendar with a, um, a tool like Calendly from directly within the app or on the website. So just being API forward with this portal just uh, opens up so much more for us to do here in the future. 
does InvestNet use the same APIs internally when your different applications are talking to each other? Is it the same set of APIs or is it a different set? Yep, yep, yep. We've standardized the API. Basically, there's an API team now that just works on the APIs across all things InvestNet. So they consume data from anywhere. And then if you need to use it somewhere else, that, so that's been, um, it's been a multi-year effort. Uh, it wasn't simple, but, um, but that is the approach going forward. Excellent. Do you know how, what is the percentage of end investors that are accessing the client portal? Yeah, we, we're seeing, uh, uh, since 2020, this has grown. We're, we're at about 43%, 42, 43% of our clients. So the firm's investors are now using the portal. Generally that's, that's have logged in once a month or once a quarter, but we're not quite sure on that timeline, but, but we're close enough there. Uh, and that, that was in the, the mid to low 20s before 2020. So um, as we all know, everybody is very comfortable at this point in you know, transacting business and, and engaging with advisors and, and others um, online. And uh, we're definitely seeing the evidence of that among our client base as well. Let us shift to the last topic, uh, which is integrations. We'd mentioned earlier some better integrations with the core investment managed account capabilities. Can you expand that a little bit? What am I going to see if I'm a breakaway advisor using Tamarack? What am I going to be able to get access to on the investment side that I didn't have before? Just at a high level, I'll make the I'll make I'll acknowledge. I think this is an area where. Um, we, need, we had a little bit of catching up to do. And as Brian said a minute ago, we spent uh, an awful lot of energy and time over the course of the last couple of years building out a robust uh, API library to provide for better integrations, both internally and with third parties. And uh, I'll, I'll, Brian, I'll let you talk a little bit about some of the specifics that would be most notable. Yeah, um, so we, as, um, as I mentioned, we offer a CRM, so um, we've always been well integrated there. We've also reinvested in the integration there to support more. That's a Microsoft Dynamics-based CRM that we sell and support directly to our firms. Um, so that has always been and, and will likely always be our tightest CRM integration. Um, but we also support many firms who use Salesforce. Salesforce is a, is a big you know, grill in the industry, if you will, for CRM. Um, some of the largest firms use use um, Salesforce. And so we've, uh, re we've improved our app. So we, we've updated the app experience. The, the key point there was supporting um, a person account, which is a specific entity, uh, but it also we rewrote some of the ways that it integrates with Tamarack um, to support coming soon um, custom field integrations as well. And, and uh, that's also- so those are some of the keys. It's also important. A lot of our clients, enterprise clients, of course, using Salesforce and custom fields are everywhere. There's, 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 you know, some firms using dozens and dozens of these custom fields. So being able to move that data back and forth to InvestNet, I can see having a tremendous value. And can you talk more about the uh, connecting reporting and trading sleeve level performance? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll leg into that. Um, you know, as you, again, like just to set the stage for this a little bit, you know, we've had, you know, sort of a benefit and a curse. We've got probably, I would argue, the largest 
technology-based uh, stack for wealth managers on the planet, perhaps. Um, and, you know, big initiative for us has been getting all those various components to work together. The two main components of that, frankly, in, in this space have been uh, Tamara, the Tamarack tool set and the InvestNet tool set. Mm -hmm. So two years ago, we um, developed an integ the integration between Tamarack reporting and the InvestNet managed account platform that effectively allows for us to do sleeve level performance reporting in the context of a unified managed account. Uh, for uh, for any advisors who want to who want to utilize a UMA structure, so you know, obviously the issue there is we, we're allowing advisors to deploy mutual funds, ETFs, multiple different third party separately managed accounts in a single brokerage account, uh, and have the performance reporting for each of those individual sleeves flow through to Tamara. This is a big deal because it's allowed. Uh, we've got clients who've literally reduced the number of brokerage accounts that they have to maintain by thirty percent. Uh, based on the fact that they don't need to continue to maintain separate brokerage accounts for separately managed for each of the separately managed accounts that they use, so that was the first big integration that we did in terms of uh, between Tamarack and Investnet on the reporting side. Uh, we just launched the integration on the Tamarack trading side. So as Brian has articulated, Tamarack Trading really is our flagship uh, advisor-run trading platform. Uh, it's been around for 20 years. It's uh, one of the industry leaders in terms of being able to do asset location and manage an uh, investment policy across multiple different registrations and brokerage accounts. We've preserved that capability in Tamarack, but we've allowed for the advisor while administering a household level asset allocation policy and rebalancing process, we've allowed the advisor to select components of the household that would be deployed on the investment platform in these managed accounts. So again, hopefully it's clear, but you can control for asset location, you control control for a household level asset allocation on the Tamarack trading platform, but have trades executed appropriately on the investment managed account platform. And that's done seamlessly. I don't need to do any toggling or task switching or... So that was the work that had to be done to make sure it could happen seamlessly. And the answer is yes, it happens. It happens seamlessly from the Tamarack uh, trading platform. That I like, because I want to see if I have a household, I don't want to have to worry about what platform they're on. I just want to trade it. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think advisors are constantly making a decision about the extent to which they want to control uh, control uh, the, the minutiae of trading. Some of them want to, you know, control for every, every trade that occurs in every account. Some of them are quite happy to outsource that trading. It's not where they're adding their competitive advantage. And some want a combination of the two. We feel like today, given these integrations, we're kind of uniquely positioned to, as I said earlier, meet them where they're at on that on that spectrum. That is fantastic. It's what I want to hear, at least from my clients. So uh, we are out of time, guys. You've been fantastic. Where can uh, Breakaway Advisors and then basically anybody who's interested find out more about Investnet's uh, RIA capabilities? If you go straight to our website, you'll be able to connect with Brian or I or any of our colleagues. And of course, we would love to talk to you. Now be investnet.com, would it not? Correct. All right, Phil and Brian, thanks so much for being here. Great. Thanks for having us. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three, no, my top five takeaways from this episode. Uh, InvestNet Tamarack platform has 1,500 RIA relationships and a solid 40% market share of RIAs with over a billion in AUM. I'm pretty sure that 40% has been solid um, and consistent for at least the past five to eight years or more. 
Uh, someone fact-checking on that. I'm pretty sure they've, they've announced that a while back. So it's, it's hard to do um, because um, market share is always changing. New firms are always starting. There's consolidation. So there's a lot of movement in that higher space. So be able to maintain that market share without churn, uh, without uh, suffering a significant churn is impressive. And one other thing we talk, talked about, of course, Investant has two um, or really three portfolio management platforms. The second uh, major one is um, they call it the enterprise platform. I'm still calling it ENV2. Uh, and they have 1,200 RIAs on that side of the business. So almost 3,000 RIAs uh, using Investnet's uh, portfolio management and other platforms. Uh, point number two, they rebuilt their rebalancing workflow to make it more simple and speed it up. Um, now, of course, Tamarack has bit was that was the core platform uh, when they acquired it uh, back, I think, in 2004. It was just a rebalancer. Uh, they still have some clients who are just using the rebalancer, but they've, of course, built out this entire platform. Uh, they integrated investment accounts. They enabled a direct trading connectivity to custodians via API and FIX, which we like to see. They also added non-discretionary rebalancing capabilities. Not a big um ask for advisors, but still important. There's still a number of advisors, a good percentage of advisors who do um, support non-discretionary accounts and need to rebalance those and improving support for illiquid assets. Number four, integration between Tamarack and Investnet uh, for the UMA allows sleeve level reporting and trading integration. We like that. As I mentioned earlier, uh, a number of our clients have been asking for access to the Investnet UMA platform, uh, SMA managers inside Tamarack. So, um, it was a bit clunky when they first launched it, but that was an MVP. So we were happy to see anything. It's gotten a lot better, uh, much smoother integration between those two platforms. They enhanced their Salesforce integration, uh, and they also launched some, some new standardizations in their APIs to allow seamlessly sharing data across systems. All right, that's it. You've reached the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Please go to our website, ezragroup.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage, smash that button, to subscribe to our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, updates, information. You won't be disappointed. So thanks for listening and talk to you all again next time.